Welcome to Cloudlandia, Mr. Sullivan. I'm Mr. Jackson. Welcome to Cloudlandia. Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Yeah. We have well, to develop a etiquette, a conversational etiquette. Uh, I was thinking about something. I wonder if the strength of welcome to Cloudlandia is actually that you're mastering the territory between the two worlds. That's, I wonder. I, there's such, uh, it's certainly where the delight lies. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think there's certainly some, there's a delight in that. And I think that we're going to turn around to, we're going to end up back with Outlandia actually resulting in, that's where we're mm-hmm. at. It's like, I'm not so much, it's going to end up being a blending, but a polarity that there's, you know, I, I think still certain location things are going to be, you're going to end up where there's qualitative differences in things that are non-digitized. Like you're, mm-hmm. it was, and that so you're still going to you're still going to have those inequities in the mainland and advantages locationally in the mainland that you can smooth out in Cloudlandia. But you know if you still there's only one Amalfi Coast in and mainland, right? There's only mm-hmm. one of that. And there's only mm-hmm. one, you know, Jacques Bistro in Yorkville. And mm-hmm. it's a real it's an interesting that's where I've been thinking a little bit um this week. But I've got news before we get into that. This we've been we've been hit with COVID in my own household here. So we're mm-hmm. yes, we're on extra high alert right now. We've had mm-hmm. uh, both uh, Philip and Luba have had COVID, and I so far have escaped mm-hmm. unscathed. But mm-hmm. hope to continue with that. Yeah, but I'll tell you, it's really going rampant here in Florida. We're Omicron variant, which often we were talking about that is probably going to end up being the best vaccine for our where everybody's going to end up getting it and and have uh crowd mm-hmm. herd immunity or whatever uh they well call the it. the other thing is that I think it's kind of under undermined the notion that experts know something about this yeah cuz my feeling is that the, I mean I've been you know watch reading articles on it and all of a sudden now you know the and there's a lot of talk coming from health departments and health ministries. Well, we knew this would happen. Stage of the virus is coming. I said, no, they oh. they were that even the second one totally surprised them. You know, like they thought that they were over it, and we were, you know, we were just months yeah. away from going back. And that and the that third caught wave, them totally yeah. by surprise. And the third one totally caught them by surprise. You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, predicting backwards is a lot easier than predicting forwards. That's true. It really is. And you know what's funny? Now it's cute to look back at the size of the curve that we were so panickedly trying to flatten in, Mm. you know, 22 months ago. 22 months ago, everybody was concerned that there was a thousand cases a day in Florida. (laughs) <laughs> just be like, oh, that's point, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's probably a thousand cases within five five miles oh, yeah. of you. <laughs> that's the truth, right? And so yeah. that's. Uh, but we're hopefully we'll get through. Positive attitude. Yeah. Good practices. Well, uh, lots of sleep. This is literally a case of get over it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, ha- get it and get over it. You know, like yep. it's uh, it's one of those things. But it's re- really interesting because I've been reading a new book by Mark Mills, and he is a very thoughtful observer of things technology, especially as they relate to energy. Alex Epstein has had him on his podcast series, but he's he's written a new book on Cloudlandia, okay. and I'm into it, and, you know, I'm making notes. I'm just going to 
look it up for you here. Just hold on a second. Yeah, The Cloud Revolution is the name of the book. The Cloud yeah. Revolution. Mark P. Mills. And yeah, and the the truth of it is, if you use a cell phone, you're a human being, and you use a cell phone, you're in Cloudlandia. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. That's absolutely true. That's all. That's your passport to it. That's your entry for sure. Your portal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the whole point is, let's go back to the inequities in the mainland. The inequities are. I mean, the inequities are a constant among human beings yeah. uh, because it has to do with each individual's ability to see see or not see a, an immediate opportunity by learning something new. Mm. Yep. I mean, that's uh, what you look at. I'll have to hear more about how that, that fits, but you look at things like all these choices that come you, you, we're making mainland choices that seem to have more black and white consequences than Cloudlandia choices. Like Cloudlandia, you could basically have it any way you want it, it feels like. In the mainland, where you choose to domicile, where you choose to you know, set up your outpost on the mainland, even that is a, you know, there's going to be more options and freedom, I think, for people to choose wisely on the mainland. But we've been so, I think there's a lot of like gravity and a lot of conditioning. And I don't know what there's going to be a lot of, you know, normalcy, like because I'm from this area generationally, or that uh, this is where our home is, that we're not going to end up as if people be rooted still generationally in a location as opposed to making mm-hmm. it as a choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, yeah. it's just the whole, those are all. Personal. Well, let's talk about that. You know, let's just talk about three advantages that are mainland advantages for you. And I'll think of three that are mainland. Yeah. We'll each mm-hmm. take one and yeah. match and raise, you know, I'll put, some more chips on the table. Uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, to see. Yeah, I'll go first, and I okay. would say that the first is my relationship with Babs mm-hmm. as a mainland advantage that I have in the sense that it's lasted a long time and it gets better. Mm-hmm. And I had the experience of a relationship that I thought was going to be a lifetime relationship that didn't work. And, you know, and went through the, you know, went through the complexity of unhooking myself from that relationship and then establishing a new relationship on actually quite a bit of wisdom I had gained from my first marriage and gave me a set of criteria that if I was going to have a lifetime partner, the relationship would have the these qualities they they would have these criteria to actually do that and i did that and then i met babs and not like i had a sheet of paper but i did have check right uh, yeah, checklist right. in my checklist in my brain yeah. and after i got uh, after i got to 5 out of 8 i said this is good you know this is good. yeah right <laughs> this is good and the rest of it's been created you know it's uh, yeah. and that was the whole point the relationship would constantly create its next level of you know of value and enjoyment and uh, yeah you know appreciate appreciation that you would continually be increasing the appreciation for it so there's a mainland and i think that's a mainland advantage i think so too absolutely i mean i saw i look i was thinking about over to you number one over to you number one yeah yeah well i look at my Florida location as a, I don't know if it's an advantage or a preference, but it's certainly one of the joys. I would say, I take the, uh, Gary Halbert used to say that, you know, God gave us a sign to, with all the places that were habitable to live in, he planted palm trees. And so if you see palm trees, you know, you're in a place that's (laughs) suitable for habitation. (laughs) And if not, keep moving. Well, right. And so I enjoy you know, I'm 22 years into a snow-free millennium now and mm-hmm. hope that to continue. And that's a choice that I've 
you know, for years, I would engineer that with split time, seven months here, five mm-hmm. months in Canada. And now it's more, you know, Philip here in school, it's mm-hmm. more the school year and then traveling and getting out mm-hmm. in the summer, but having a home base uh, mm-hmm. that I see. And you and I talked about this idea that I'm very happy. Like I, I moved into this house. 20 in um, 2002 and you know I was 30 something moving in to this neighborhood that I you know it was always a joke 20 years from now I'll be old enough to live in here you know because it was yeah. mostly older more established you know people and but now it's like I'm here and here we are 20 years later and it's I, I love it as much as I loved it then our four seasons Valhalla so I see that's an advantage, I think, in stability in in place, that there's equity of being here and certainty going forward. And I think that... Yeah, and it has a an increasing mainland advantage. Should you ever um, <clears throat> decide to sell it, it's constantly accruing value, mainland You're value. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. My number two would be the strategic coach program. You know, that was created, you know, from work that was done since 1974 up till the year 2000. It was so 36, 36, 46 years. So Mm -hmm. 46 years. And and part of that is the team, the team of people that was that that has been created in three countries. And we have viable Parts of the company in three different countries, and and it stood the test of the COVID challenges, the challenges that came up. That everybody who was crucial to the team in the three countries is has grown during the mm-hmm. you know during that period. So I see that mm-hmm. as a mainland advantage, and it's got a value. You know, it's got a it has a value to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's a good. I think that's part of it. Your I think you can count an operating system or something in that mm-hmm. way. Like I think as you're saying that, if I look at my body of work in the eight profit activators, the breakthrough blueprint mm-hmm. model mm-hmm. as, you know, those are things that I've started working on prior to the internet and certainly prior to Cloudlandia, but all have reaching both ways. I realized that, the difference between this has been a, a unique subtlety that I've really capitalized on is the difference between scalable and duplicatable. And that as Cloudlandia really lends itself to things that are scalable with zero friction mm-hmm. and zero borders. And the mainland is more less about scalable than it is about duplicatable. Because you have certainly local outposts of the same model. So mm-hmm. you look at like Starbucks or Tim Hortons or any sort of you know, thing that's really grown is, has not done it. You, you wouldn't be that they've scaled um, that as much as they've duplicated all over the main world. Right. And all over yeah, all over the world. world. And and yeah. you've got the great thing about that is that it's the easiest thing to it's also easy to cut back on like when you look at the duplication of something it's either performing in that geographic area or it's not so it's easier to mm-hmm. turn that one off sort of thing mm-hmm. and shore up only the the things but all the things i've done in real estate, all of the algorithms, and even for a lot of the franchises that I work with, the things that I've done are all duplicatable. You know, mm-hmm. and now this, so this new this new model that I see of combining, you know, the the scalability of Cloudlandia with the you know strong like duplicatable model creates a really great opportunity here. It's the hybrid between the two that that's, mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, so I, again, I see kind of a, a permanence of value. In other mm-hmm. words, that durable two yeah. things that I named and the two things that you named, I can't see it any other way going into the future, except expanding yeah. what you already have, or, yeah. or uh, you know, expanding the value of already had. So my first one was partnership with Babs and coach program. And the other thing is that I like our, I like our location in the world in relationship to the rest of the world that I'm yeah. interested in. And right. so we have, you know, our lifestyle, where we live and how we live. And, and you know, I've been talking to a few people who had the chance to read the quarterly book for this quarter, which is American Happiness. And, you know, and a lot of them brought up the statement I make in the audio. I don't know if I mentioned it in the video, but in the audio that of my Current 77 years on, of life, two-thirds of them I have been actually living outside of the, um, the borders of the United States. I haven't actually been in the United States, but I've been observing the United States from a slightly different perspective than most, most people. So I'm not really caught up in any, you know, the what I would call the conf- conflicts or the tensions. I don't feel myself caught up anything that's going on in the political world in inside the United States, the current situations. And right. but on the other hand, it, the tensions that are seem to be heightened right now gave me an opportunity to go back in history and see, well, uh, is this really unique or is this a the latest example of something that recurs. And I think it's the latter by far that there's been five or six tension periods in the mm-hmm. history of the U.S. where things tend to polarize, you know, where yeah. it would divide a family. In other words, you a family that generally gets along with it and like it. <clears throat> we're in a situation right now that differing point of views can cause, you know, real yeah. anger that can cause, you know, kind of negative feelings, behavior, talking about things and everything like that. Yeah. And I don't really, I, you know, I, I, I really don't feel any of that, but I am, you know, I'm very curious. I'm very eager to read new accounts of what other people think, but yeah. I see it as, well, this is kind of like the system you have and every once in a while you're going to get this, you know, it's polarizing yeah. inside your inside your system, and this is another one. And you know, it's like winter. You know, man, or, yeah. You know, it's like stormy weather or whatever else has. You know, it's yeah, you really take not like. Go go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it's really. I just last night, I occasionally on YouTube watch a. There's a gentleman who has a YouTube channel called Bald and Bankrupt. And he's a English guy, you know, late thirties that is travels around former Soviet Union, all these countries to, uh-huh. and gives these reports like those in their like travel logs on Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan and all these um, things. And what's he finds all these like former, you know, you could see like signs of the glory of of the the communist years right of where they would have these beautiful what do you call those text those art pieces on the sides of buildings yeah murals but they're done with tile that's broken up mm-hmm. that is, mosaic uh, they're, mosaic yeah all these beautiful communist mosaics that are are everywhere and he goes and shows these buildings of what it would have been like to be you know a one of the special ones in the Paulette Bureau or, or whatever in the uh, mm. in these areas. And you realize just what a life these people live now. Like it's just so a forgotten place. You know, these all these mm. outposts that people are living their everyday halfway, lives. Halfway what to a, ghost towns. What a vast halfway to they're halfway yeah, what to a, ghost towns. In other words they're heading world. toward yeah, they're heading toward ghost uh, ghost towns. Yeah, and you yeah. realize yeah. how fortunate if you were to, you know, just assign a ranking of the just situational happiness in 
of one to seven billion of all the people on earth that just inherently circumstances, how I, I, I up on the list living in Toronto or Florida or uh, mm-hmm. in our situations is on that list. Mm-hmm. Amazing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, through yeah. mostly through nothing that we did special because to, to do that, you know, it's really interesting. Yeah. Well, you did what you needed to do, given your absolutely. Yeah. I mean, everybody's presented, you know, with, you know, everybody's presented with a set of options. Yeah. You know, some of them which require courage, you know, to actually take advantage of them. So, you know, the more I look at each individual, you know, I get to learn people's lives and they tell me stories and everything else. I just realized how this life is not comparable to any other life. The right. sheer amount of little, medium size, and large size decisions this person has made has mm-hmm. created a unique lifetime. And there, yeah. there isn't any criteria that you can really use to say, well, how does this compare with other lifetimes? Uh, right. You, you can't even you can't even compare it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. But the like, about the comparing. What I do know is if the comparing on the inside of that life is how they haven't done as well as other people have done with their lifetimes, then they're making themselves unhappy by doing that. I do know mm-hmm. that, you know, well, yeah, I wonder the- happiness is not in the situation or the circumstance. Happiness is your comparison from where you are with other people. That's yeah. all happiness lies in the comparison that yeah. you make between yourself and other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I learned that was uh, something I heard somebody say one time that all unhappiness comes from comparison. And I yeah. that's a home. I said that to Homer McDonald, the, the gentleman I did the Stop Your Divorce book with. Like, that was some deep truth. And, and he said, well, that's right. But all happiness comes from comparison, too. Because it was trying to say, I think that statement was meant to say, well, don't compare yourself. But he's saying, well, all happiness comes from comparison, too. But I was watching this last night. They got invited into somebody's home out in this rural area. This guy was, you know, probably 50 something, had born and raised his whole life there, was in the U.S. or not the uh, the Russian uh, military. And I've never really gotten out of there, you know, never really uh, where, what the opportunity was to even leave there. Very, you know, just struck me. What a, what an interesting conundrum that must be, you know, especially if you have. Yeah. All depends on how he looks at it, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to uh, I'll agree with both you and I'll agree with Homer. But the happy person is comparing against something totally different than the unhappy person is. The unhappy person, the comparison is outside their experience. In other words, they're comparing themselves to another person. And they have no comprehension what the experience is of that other person where... Mm -hmm. Uh, the happy comparison is where you're comparing yourself against an earlier stage of your own experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you made the decision, I will be happy when. Yeah. Okay. Which you did more than 20 years ago, right? Yeah. 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 And by your criteria that you established, are you happier? Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. and I still yeah. I'm still amazed by how you know equally how how still currently they're relevant, you know. And I look forward to it that it'll be equally relevant 22 more years from now. Yeah. That's Okay, so that's I did exciting. my 3. I did my 3. So the first it's relationship relationship and teamwork with Babs. Second mm-hmm. one was the organizational capability of the strategic coach. And the third one is the lifestyle, you know, sort of the the lifestyle positioning that we have as a result of that. You gave me two. You gave me two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You gave me your situational 
location in Florida, and you gave me the eight profit activators and all. Yeah, the foundation connected to that. So, what's your number three on? I wonder. This is. I'm almost being like a follow through here. I'm almost. Yeah, this is great. Taking people are going to be amazed at what. Yeah, they're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Some extra I did. Okay. I, I did, actually. I did. I think that uh, as you were thinking, I haven't thought about it like this, but I wonder if the physical relationships, the mainland relationships that you that have developed are an advantage over the purely Cloudlandia relationships. Is there something there about the physical uh, relationships. I don't know. I yeah, think that well, there's a difference. I, I, will, sure. I will tell you this, that I've seen that perception missing from a lot of the, what I would say, the people who are the, you know, are pumping the Cloudlandia, you know, they're Cloudlandia, but they don't want to talk about their mainland circumstances at all. Anytime you ask right. a question about the mainland, they say, well, you know, that all that's going to disappear. You know, more and more, my life is going to be in, in Cloudlandia. Mm. And I said, I, th- I think that it's your relationship between the two worlds and how yes. each is improving the other. That's the real advantage. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. So I wonder that's the and I think that having this understanding of which things are, yeah, which things are required, like when you really look at what goes into making a robust, a, a wonderful mainland life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so you look at all the physical things that certainly go there. What do you? I don't know. How much exploring do you guys do in your local neighborhood? Are you out, you know, walking around every day kind of thing? Or are you? No. No. So you're pretty much in in the compound, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I live about two minutes from Queen Street. um, Right. Which is main, and it's got shops and restaurants and everything else. And I don't know if I've actually walked out of the house up to Queen Street in the last three months. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the weather's been, you know, the weather's yeah. cold, you know, and everything like right. that. Right. And, but I have done very intense, rigorous, you know, physical exercise in my basement gym in the main house. Yeah. And, you know, and I've certainly spent a lot of time connecting with people in Cloudlandia via Zoom, which yeah. the Zoom experience has been terrific for me. And, yeah. you know, so, yeah, and I don't, there, I don't have any mainland ambitions of seeing places other than the, one, than the ones I already like and would enjoy going and revisiting them. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel that, you know, I, I thought at some point of getting another place in Toronto or, but then I thought, you know what? I think I'm really settling into this idea of the next 25 years of being grounded in my main outpost here in mm-hmm. in the mainland. And then just having the four seasons as my, or the Hazleton or whatever, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever five-star hotel environment as my home away from home, wherever I want to go. So that's, that's just such an easy who, not how kind of approach to roaming around with some variety. Like I, you've not yet experienced it, Dan, but the four seasons at Trinity Square in London, right by London Tower Bridge, is it's one of the nicest four seasons I've ever been to. And wow. I, I'm wow. really looking forward to going back well, to it because we might visit it. We're, we're due for a May trip to London, you know, which is as certain as anything has been certain, <laughs> right? Yeah, dur- during this period of time. But yeah. we stay at the Firmdale at Piccadilly. Yes, right off Love Piccadilly, mm-hmm. and 
And because we know a lot of the staff there, so, yeah. you know, when they come in, you know, they recognize you right off the bat. And uh, yeah. so, so, but I would certainly take a trip out there to, I, I would get into one of those, one of my favorite vehicles on the planet, which is a black yeah, taxi. Yeah, the black cab. And mm-hmm. the, black ta- well, the black taxis are an yes. institution, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, I would go there, yeah. have lunch, have breakfast. Uh, yeah, and, that's what you would do. It was, it's. They've got a beautiful lobby lounge that's fantastic. So yeah, but I I love Mm -hmm. that, you know, and that, so to me that, that sort of, once I made that decision of, I don't need to worry about ever getting a second or third home, getting a beach place or getting anything like that. I can go take advantage of those whenever, whenever I want. And I just can't, we came across that the first year after I sold my house in, in Halton Hills. That was, you know, we spent six weeks at the Hazelton that next summer and I couldn't mm-hmm. punch any holes in it. It's like such a, mm-hmm. how could you go wrong with this? It's great. <laughs> so that was a fun realization that I never gave it another thought when I wasn't there. And when I was there, I was a hundred percent with, with what we, what we had, you know, so that's, mm-hmm. I think that finding your way, navigating your way around this balance between what you're going to use in the mainland and yeah, well, and, here's a thought I have that, and it'd just be interesting to see, you know, in surveying strategic coach entrepreneurs, when you think of the difference between the mainland and the Cloudlandia. Is it a sharp border that the moment that you cross out of the main out of the mainland, you're 100 percent in Cloudlandia, or is there a, a middle region that you continually create where a lot of your value for other people is that you understand the you know I'll use cash the acronym cash knowledge attitude skills and habits that you understand that there's a cash in taking advantage of both. But you can only do that if you create a third region. I call it the crossover region between. And my sense is that in the history of the mainland, the wealthiest and most knowledgeable people have always been the in-between people. They bring things from one place that's far away And they can sell them here. They bring it from there and sell it here. Yeah. uh, And they can name their price. They can name their price. Same thing going the other, same way going the other way. And they're the in in between people. And and so my feeling is that when something new like this is created, and I'm kind of convinced that we're talking about something way bigger than the internet when we talk about Cloudlandia, you know, it's it's a, I mean, the internet was a worldwide system of connecting your computer to other computers. You know, basically that's what the internet was. But we're talking about, actually creating new worlds inside of, you know, Cloudlandia. There are new worlds yeah. to be created. And there's unlimited opportunity. You, Your territory really doesn't impinge on the territory that someone else has created. And the territory right. you create is can, yours can be as big as you want it to be. There's as big as they want it to be. And you're not impinging on it. So, you know, I think it's driven by human imagination and human wanting. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't go into Cloudlandia because you need it. You would go into it because you want it. Right. I think that there's going to be many gateway who's, you know, I think that's really what the, if I look at it, almost like my vision of it is an aquarium, let's call it a big aquarium. And on the inside is Cloudlandia, and on the outside is the mainland. And in this border between this waterproof kind of border, the transition into the aquarium, there are a layer of, say, services or gateways that will allow you to 
seamlessly transact between. So when you mm-hmm. look at the mainland, you know, that you're, a lot of these things are going to be, people can purchase things or desire things or want things or make decisions in the cloud, in Cloudlandia, but they're going to trigger and require some level of mainland cooperation to deliver yep. that. Right. And so you yeah, look at well, the, the, reason, ener- the, en- the energy is going to be created. The energy that you need to get things done is all the people, be, uh, all the people yeah. are in the mainland. Yeah. Right. Even if they're working on something that's a hundred percent Cloudlandia developed, all the people are. Yeah. I mean, it's really... Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting and I, just to talk about what we're bringing, you know, when we go into Cloudlandia, which we are right now, but both of our both of us have our butts firmly secured in the mainland, use our heads in, in Cloudlandia. And this Mark Mills that I mentioned in his book, The Cloud Revolution, he said, you know, he said that you know, in the world where they're, they're, they keep increasing the speed of computing of, you know, of the chips, the, the microchips that are used. And some of them are as big as a pizza. I, I didn't realize that they were that big, that some chips are like a large pizza, if you got a lot of large pizza. I did pizza. not know that either. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they'd have like, tw- they can do like 12 trillion operations per second. You know, they, wow. Yeah. But it takes the power uh, it would take uh, for that one chip to operate. It needs the electrical output of Three good-sized lived-in houses on a daily basis. The energy wow. that you need to to actually actually power, power the chip so that uh, power the chip so that it can actually do the work that it does. And he said, you know, and he said the holy grail of all evolution of microchips towards you know, something bigger and better in the future is in fact the human brain. And what you and I can do would take either you on your own or me on my own, that what we do in just every day for the type of thinking that we do, and it doesn't have to be a necessarily really creative day, but just thinking from the time you wake up and not even that, but thinking while you're asleep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All the, everything that your brain does while you're asleep. Even that, keeping that, track of all the automatic systems. Yeah. Yeah. For that, for a chip to match that, it, it would need the energy consumption of the island of Manhattan for 24 hours. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that's one, one human brain. Yeah. One hum- and any one of us, the thinking that we do and, you know, the popping around from here to there and thinking about this and thinking about that, that would take the energy consumption of the island of Manhattan 24 hours to match our 24 hours. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating, Dan. It's like such a... That's, well, that's when, you know, you, people do the the deep, you know, the comparison that in chess, deep blue, deep beat uh, Gary Kasparov. But Gary Kasparov was competing with the energy output of a 150-watt bulb. Right. And big blue was requiring a server farm to 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 power its work in other words yeah that ultimately the contest is about yeah you did that but how much energy did you need to do it because Mm -hmm. uh, yeah and so that's it's not the speed of the computers that's the final say about whether it's good this question is what kind of results do you get from the amount of energy that you use to get that. Mm -hmm. And right now they, you know, right now there's no comparison. The human brain is just infinitely more effective, uh, efficient. It's just from an energy standpoint, we're just in the other side of the universe from computers right now. Yeah. Yeah, man. And you have to, uh, you have to understand that it's human brains that are (laughs) Everything on the computer side is being created by human brains, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, you know, and, you know, and so it, it's a really interesting thing. And I think it's a, you know, it's a topic that is never satisfying because you, 
you have to remember that all the discussions about this are being done with human brains. It's not computers that are having this discussion. It's human beings who are having discussions. That's exactly right. And that's going to be, that's part of the wonderful thing once you realize how predictable. And I love there, you know, there's a, there was a great book called Predictably Irrational. And I thought that's a, those are great words, right? But once you realize how predictably irrational the human brains are, that's really where, you know, you gain real insight into what to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I mean, if you just transcribe this, you know, this conversation that we've been having and, you know, you take each section of the conversation and create little boxes, we we might have created and covered about 50, 60 different boxes since we started talking here. That's true. You sunk my battleship. Yeah. (laughs) And... You know, you know, and you know, I mean, it's just really interesting because we want there, you know, we, we, there, there's a part of people who create machines that they they want the machines to win, you know, and so then, and they can get the machines to win, but they have to make the game so uninteresting that Mm -hmm. humans, the reason why the machine would always win because the humans would be onto something else. Yeah, this is, you know, it's really, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, but something fits in what you're saying there, that Gary Vaynerchuk, this last couple of weeks, launched a an NFT restaurant dinner club that is in Manhattan, that is, there's 3,000 tokens, and you, it's like, I guess it's, $5,000 or something to join this supper club, Soho house or like those kind of yeah. places mm-hmm. that they're creating this digital, you know, this NFT token of it, which will then now allow for, as he's describing it, then pop-ups in Miami or at the masters or at these, Things where these have actual value. It's just, I, I think there's something to this whole, all these smart contracts that are going to, you know, come out of. Well, out I, of I, yeah, I think, you know, the whole thing about what they'll be worth is, uh, well, it's either being created or it's not being created. Or, you know, yeah. what something's worth. worth. Yeah. Some, you know, somebody bought an NFT last, last year and they said, you know, I paid a hundred thousand for this NFT right. last year. And I said, well, you know, I mean, whether it has any value or not really depends. Sometime in the future, you say, I'm putting this up for sale now, right? And it's a hundred thousand dollars. And somebody said, I'll give you five thousand for it. That, right. And that exactly. difference between a hundred thousand last year and five thousand in the future somewhere kind of tells you what the value of it is. I mean, the value right. there is no. There is no inherent value to anything. That's all right. what, what someone would at any given moment be would be willing to pay you for. It. So, for yeah. example, we just launched our lifetime extender program Thursday morning. And by Friday night, we had 27, 27 people signed up for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's, you know, you could call that program a pr- participatory token. In other words, uh-huh. I created an idea, yes. you know, around something that everybody has experience with. They have yes. experience with the lifetime extender. And then I said, now we're going to start creating tools to extend your understanding of lifetime extension and age reversal. Yes. And, you know, we just, and by the time, you know, I talked about it for three months while I was the team and I were creating what it's actually going to look. And I've had one focused team meeting among nine free zone entrepreneurs. And, uh-huh. and, you know, we came to some distinctions. One is we're not going to do anything in this that Peter Diamandis is doing in his trip where he goes out, you'll go out for five or six days. And right. 30 break, breakthrough innovators in regenerative medicine will come and present you and you can do Q&A. So I said, well, 
Peter and probably 50 other people have this kind of covered that if you want to find out by some somebody and you can do it digitally too. I mean, uh, if yeah. you had wanted to do uh, Peter's trip, the six days digitally, you could have done it digitally. So I said, um, we're not going to do that. So it's not going to be about science. It's not going to be about medicine. It's not going to be about technology. It's strictly going to be about that the science, the medicine, and the technology is now becoming more and more available if you have a reason to find out about it. Okay, so what, so what the workshop's going to be about is what are your reasons, reasons mm-hmm. related to, you know, a priority that you have for physical energy, you know, a physical sense of confidence, physical of being able to perform at an optimum level in the way that you want to perform. And once we do that, we'll create an expanding network of knowledge outside, you know, outside of the workshop, outside of the program, where you can go and actually check it out. You know, we're going Mm -hmm. to San Diego in the middle of next week, and we're going to check out a very specialized, it's not called stem cell, it's called V-cells. And Mm -hmm. uh, Richard Rossi has been using it for, you know, for like a year. And he says, it's marvelous. He says, it's marvelous how you feel. And so, so we'll go and check it out and then we'll come back and we say, you know, this really has something to it. Okay. And, and, and so who's going to do the exploring? Well, all 200 people that, you know, we think we'll sell it up, but all 200 people will do the exploring and somebody brings up, Hey, I've got something I want to find out. And you put it into the mix and, you know, in the chat, somebody says, well, this is, yeah, I've got something for you. And here's the address. Here's the link. Uh, go and look to look at them, and uh, I've got mm-hmm. a good connection with them. So tell them that I referred you. So my sense is that this that what you do with eight the eight profit activators can be thought yeah. of as a participatory token, mm-hmm. where you get smarter by participating. What the value yeah. of it is is that you get smarter by participating in it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's I think the yeah just I, I think it's just an interesting thing to keep our eye on, that, and the ability to seamlessly uh, do things within there. I could, I, I really I'm thinking that this is the thoughts that I'm having. What I'm gonna kind of spend some time in my journal today with is comparing: Are we setting up this opportunity that? 1922 to 19 or to, sorry 2022 to 2052 is going to mirror and be similar to America 1952 to 1982 yeah. in that they're you know all on the back of you know we got all of that innovation you know hundreds of years of innovation to get to where television, movies, radio, print were all fully developed in 1952. Mm-hmm. That was where they kind of reached the, we'll call it the asymptotic curve at the top of it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when we look at it right now, that the digitization of those things had taken, you know, that whatever, you know, the 50 years, 70 years that it's taken Mm -hmm. to go from them physically mainland world available, analog world available to Mm -hmm. now every piece of content going both ways, the ability to create studio quality uh, work Mm -hmm. and put it into the cloud that all Mm -hmm. of that you can you know, make it, receive it, consume it, have access to every piece of it that's ever been created. We've really reached that point in 2022. And now I wonder, like, what does that mean going forward into 2052? Because there can't be, I can't see it yet. You know, I always say, I always preface when I talk like this, that I don't want to be the guy at the patent office saying everything's been invented, but I don't see where 
those fundamental things have any more room for improvement experientially. And so does that lead us to a 30-year period of creativity within those platforms in terms of what we're able to produce, but the distribution of it is the reach of it is really what's going to be the the winning focus. You know, know, I mean, the Mark Mills in his book, The Cloud Revolution, he he just says that it's always the combination of three capabilities that creates a breakthrough capability. And he goes back and he talks about the telegraph, the telephone, the, you know, all the inventions yeah. right up until the present. And he said, you know, the technology for having your screen on your iPhone, he said that was actually developed about 35 years before it became useful in a practical way, you know. Uh-huh. And so he he has a threesome for technological evolution. Yeah, it's called the, you know, the cloud revolution, Mark P. Mills. Yeah. And it's very thought provoking because he said what is now true going forward is that breakthroughs technologically will always have three things that are involved. A revolution in information, a revolution in machines and a revolution in materials. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, bye now. Yeah, and he says and each of these fields is continually developing that exponential, like information is the, which would you, you call the information that's available is is being exponentially developed you can access it the machinery is the chips and you know the fiber optic fiber optic cables and uh, the machinery the satellite you know the satellite networks and then the the materials he said that the iphone uses 73 different elements out of the periodic table uh, you know the periodic table of materials and he wow. said, where the original mic- microchips, which were called integrated circuits, that made up computers used about seven. So it's about 10 times more materials we use from the periodic table. And uh, ultimately, he said, silicon isn't really going to play that much of a part of it. They're going to find combinations of other materials which produce more bang for the buck. Yeah. So it's really interesting because he says this is it's the mastery of information materials and machinery. And I said, well, that's a that's a useful model. That's a useful model to follow things. I love it. Well, we'll put that yeah. right in there with the VCR formula. Yeah, and all these and, formulas. Okay, I look forward yeah. to it. So all right. Next week, same time. We're on for uh, same t- same regular time, next same time. time. Okay. Yeah, and I'll yes, and uh, remind me. Yeah. 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 Good. Bye. All right. Thanks, Dan. Bye.